0: You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out to listen to today's episode of the podcast this is episode 107 and i'm going to be diving into the topic of why didn't jesus show up sooner you know why did god wait until the first century until he sent jesus and there's a passage of scripture i want to dive into galatians chapter 4 tells us that when the time was right jesus came before we do that, quick reminder to everyone to please make sure you are subscribed. You can find this on any of the podcast apps that are out there obviously on iTunes and your podcast app on your Apple device, but also on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spreaker, Google Play, and any other of the Android podcast apps. Hit the subscribe button. It guarantees that every episode gets delivered directly to your device. In addition, can you do us a huge favor? And if you're willing, go ahead and leave us a review. In particular, if you're an Apple user, if you can head over to the Apple Store or the podcast app on your Apple device and uh, search for the podcast, Theology for the rest of us, pull it up, leave a review five-star rating tell the world you love the podcast those are a huge huge help in terms of in terms of pushing us up the search rankings the more subscriptions and the more reviews we have literally the more people will be able to reach so if you could do that for me that would be a big big help thank you in advance all right let's dive in and answer the question at hand for today i've been asked why didn't jesus show up sooner why did god wait so long to send him you know they'd already been in the promised land for several centuries why couldn't the messiah have come sooner great question there is a passage of scripture galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says but when the fullness of time had come god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law another translation puts it this way but when the right time came god sent his son so, so in essence Galatians chapter 4 you know when it's talking about the fullness of time it's just saying at the right time Jesus came it, pretty much that there was a perfect timing you know that Jesus the Messiah should have come and Jesus showed up right at that time and so I think it's important to ask what is it about that particular time frame that that caused that to be the right time why was that the fullness of time, Not why not a uh, hundred years earlier or a hundred years later? Those are great questions. There's several things. I think there's some things that were, that were happening in the nation of Israel that were important, um, but there were also some things happening in the world as a whole that were also important. So I think it's important to kind of understand what was going on in the world so you know why Jesus showed up at that particular time. Uh, first of all, I, and I really believe that God wanted to prepare that the nation of Israel and the Jewish people to receive the Messiah exactly the way He wanted. So God knew that some would receive Him, some would reject Him, and God was orchestrating it in such a way that would all fold together and work out exactly how He wanted it to work out. And there were a bunch of things that needed to happen before the people would be willing to to receive Him. the The greatest thing I think that that happened is that you had a lot of Jewish people who are trying to live by the law, like from the time of the the Babylonian exile ending, and that's about 516 BC, uh, up until the first century, You know, about a 500-year period or so, you have people trying to live by the law, trying to fulfill the Old Testament law, and it took several generations, but people realized that they can't do it, and and people were exhausted trying to live by the law, and it caused them to seek God in a different way, And, and we start seeing you know throughout jewish history somewhere around 50 BC we start hearing about this need for a messiah and people preaching about the messiah to come and people stopped putting their hope in their ability to to follow the burdensome law but but in the fact that god would come that by the fact uh, by the time the you know, the early part of the first century arrives you have lots of jewish theologians and preachers and rabbis you know believing that there would come a messiah or that the rescuer would come very soon. Now, they, they had a very gross misunderstanding as to what the Messiah was going to do when he arrived, but nonetheless, there were a lot of people who, who had the sense that he was going to come, and God wanted people to have this sort of expectancy, right? There was a large expectancy from most of the Jews living their the first century, but it even grew beyond that, like amongst a lot of the Non-Jewish people that were living in, in Judea or in, in the Palestine in the first century, like you had people who were, uh, you know, who were Samaritans or, or other other races of people living in that region, who were starting to have this expectancy of a Messiah to come. And, you know, 200 years earlier, that didn't seem to exist. So, so God was wanting this expectancy amongst the people, and it just took several generations for that to to come about. But in the first century, we, we see this group of people called the God-fearers. These are basically people who were not Jewish by birth or by nationality, uh, but had it begin to acknowledge the God of the Jews. Like they were not Jews themselves, but they believed in the God of. Of the Jewish patriarchs like Abraham Isaac and Jacob and, and this began to spread and there were lots of people that were even baptized by John the Baptist they were repenting of their sins they were called God so a huge part of the right time for Jesus to show up was for him to show up in a time frame where people were looking for the Messiah that was a huge uh, part of it another thing that was really important was that God was going to certainly want the gospel to, to spread and one of the greatest means for that to happen were for people of Jewish descent that were living all around the world to bring forth the gospel, right? Like So God brings the gospel through this Jewish nation, but it wasn't just for the Jewish people. It was going to overflow. But one of the greatest ways that God could have the gospel overflow to the de- Gentile nations was for people of Jewish descent who were living in that nation, right? So example, people who were living in Ethiopia who had Jewish descent, they would— know they they would acknowledge the 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 religion of the Jewish people when the gospel came to them they would be the first ones to receive it and the gospel could overflow amongst Ethiopian people but but in order for Jewish descending people to kind of spread throughout the known world it would take several centuries we see a thousand years before Jesus is even on planet earth we see Jewish people making their way to Ethiopia right Solomon takes an Ethiopian wife and there's this commingling of people, and so there's no doubt that when the first century comes around, there are Ethiopian people and African people that go back to their hometown in Israel. They hear the gospel and they bring it back, so they're more likely to receive it. They're they're Jewish in descent, but they are native to Ethiopia, right? They've they've been in Ethiopia or their family's been in Ethiopia for several centuries, and so they are native to Ethiopia in every way. Uh, but they are now more likely to receive the gospel that was birthed out of the Jewish people, them being a part of that culture makes it more likely for the gospel to now overflow into the rest of the Ethiopian culture and we see this happening all over the known world the people of Israel spreading around and of course making now the gospel more likely uh, to spread all around the world. And so there are several things happening within the within the people of Israel that God is wanting to to kind of t- you know take form before Jesus comes to planet earth. Now, then the next very important thing to remember is what's going on in the world. One of the greatest, you know, things we need to t- think about is, is how could the gospel spread? God is wanting to show up on planet Earth, you know, rescue humans and have the message and the story of what God has done spread throughout the world. Well, you need an infrastructure uh, for that to happen. So what was going on? Well, you have the Roman Empire, this, the largest and strongest empire the world had ever seen. It, it expands over the course of several centuries. And then it reaches a point where it kind of stops expanding, where it's minimal and expanding, and and after two or three hundred years of constant war, we start to see peace in general. You know, right around, uh, you know, 50 BC or so, we see general peace throughout. The roman empire you know for for three or four hundred years we don't see a lot of war we don't see a lot of civil unrest if there had been a lot of civil unrest it may have been harder for the gospel to spread but this is a a very unique period of time historians call this the the pox romana this is a very unique period of time in roman history when the entire nation had kind of expanded, stabilized, became secure, and there was general peace, making it easier for people to travel all throughout and for messages and stories and preaching to spread very rapidly. If there had been a lot of war or a lot of civil unrest, people would not have been able to travel as easily. The gospel probably was not spread as easily. Uh, from a physical standpoint, the greatest infrastructure that the Romans created was were the roads. I mean, this was a remarkable part of the culture, and they had built roads in a way that no other culture had ever done. They were light years ahead, it seemed like, from the other cultures around them. They built this grand infrastructure for, for trade you could get all the way from the western part of of the roman empire in in europe all the way to northern africa and to asia minor and to the eastern part of the world using roads that were relatively safe and secure because they had been developed by the romans this made it very easy for people to travel and for the gospel to spread all throughout uh, you know the Roman Empire. Uh, if if this had not existed, it, it would have been very difficult for the gospel message to spread. It was it was it was the ripe time for Jesus to show up because the road structure had been solidified and now could be used. And then of course the other major thing that was happening in this time frame that didn't exist in previous time frames was there being one common trade language that was predominant throughout the world and that was Koine Greek. This was called the, the Lingua Franca. This is the, the the main language of the Day that pretty much everyone, you know, spoke throughout the known world. Um, throughout the course of human history, from the Tower of Babel for thousands of years up to the Roman Empire, people spoke different languages and trade and you know massive spreading of information was much more difficult, much slower. Uh, but over the course of a few hundred years, you know, as we approach the first century, we see the solidifying of Koine Greek as the common trade language that everyone in the world spoke. You know, people would speak their own languages, but then, of course, they spoke Koine Greek. This made it much easier for people to go across, you know, national borders and all across to different city groups throughout the Roman Empire and different regions and preach the gospel. This made it much more possible for people to, uh, for Scripture to be written, for the Bible to be written, and to be circulated and spread around in Koine Greek. And 100 or 200 years earlier, that is, it is highly unlikely that that could have been possible, and so it was just the perfect timing. Jesus in heaven, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the three of them were waiting for human history to, to evolve and arrange itself, and of course the Holy Spirit's involved in making this all happen, but they're but waiting for all these things to culminate. The, the climax of all of these things happening at the exact same time, the, the people of Israel being prepared, the Jewish people of Jewish descent being all over the Roman Empire, the, the Pax Ramona, the Roman roads, that the language, whenever. Everything happened and kind of fell in the place at the exact same time. Boom! That was the moment that God said, "Okay, the world is ready. Go!" And God the Father sends His Son Jesus. He comes to planet Earth. He lives among us. He dies on a Roman cross, and then He raises from the dead. And all those who put their faith in Him are rescued from the consequences of their own sin and are restored to having friendship with God. And how does this spread? Well, just a few days after Jesus ascends to heaven, there's a, a festival happening in Jerusalem. This is the day of Pentecost. This was a Jewish festival, where a holiday, where Jewish people from all over the Roman Empire would come back to Jerusalem, kind of like a, a homecoming of sorts, and they would celebrate this. So what do you have now? You have literally thousands of people from all over the Roman Empire who speak different languages of whatever they wherever the place they came from, right? You have people who have Jewish descent Living in Italy, people of Jewish descent living in in uh, Athens. You have people of Jewish descent living in Asia Minor. People of Jewish descent living in Northern Africa, and they're coming from all over the Roman Empire, and they are, uh, you know, coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. And what happens on that day? They see this miracle happen. It's recorded in Acts chapter two. Peter gets up and preaches the gospel, and on that day, 3,000 people put their hope and faith in Christ. Boom, what do they do? They go back to their homes from all over the Roman Empire, and literally we see within just a matter of a few weeks, the gospel message that started by just transforming a handful of Jewish people in Jerusalem explodes on the scene all over the Roman Empire, again, spreading like wildfire. And within a few decades, just a few decades, we see the power of the gospel transforming the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all throughout the known world. And then eventually completely turning the Roman Empire upside down. And then, of course, the gospel message would spread you know, beyond the Roman Empire. And for the last 2,000 years, the gospel message has been going forth. The truth that Jesus rose from the dead. And if you put your hope and faith in him, that he will rescue you from the consequences of your sin. That he will restore your ability to have friendship with God. And he promises eternal life. That, my friends, is most certainly worth Celebrating. I am so glad that God showed up at the exact right time, at the fullness of time, to ensure that you and I would have the opportunity to put our faith in Him. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I sure hope it's been helpful and insightful. If you have any questions about this episode or any episode, or if you have a topic or a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, or maybe you know someone that would make a great interview guest, please feel free to shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. I'm Kenny Ortiz from Central Florida. This has been Theology for the Rest of Us.